This podcast is not for the easily offended, victimhood enthusiasts, or those who take themselves too seriously, namely cyclists, conspiracy theorists, personal trainers, and other fanatics. Your Hobby is Shit is a nerd-free environment which strongly discourages dickheads from listening. Authorised by Sean Woodland for Your Hobby is Shit. Since day dot, humans have invented, inadvertently stumbled across, or tried to discover passions and stuff they're good at by having a go at hobbies. We might use them for pleasure, health, fitness, to combat loneliness, or to distract us from reality, all in the hope we can find meaning in our lives. Hobbies can be bizarre, addictive, psychologically revealing, and sometimes even beyond ridiculous. But, whatever your hobby, chances are, it's at the very least, a little bit shit. So listen in and prepare for your hobby to be exposed. I'm Sean Woodland, host of Your Hobby Is Shit. Greetings loyal listeners, we've cracked 40 episodes and I'll be expecting a surge in listenership soon, having recorded a double episode with the boys from the Mug Off podcast last week. If you haven't heard that podcast, I'd give it a listen, it's a ripper. Very popular too. Much like this one. Uh, just a short episode today as I've got the kids at home from school, the lovely lose-off work, and I'm working five nights this week. Uh, further to that, I'm in mourning because my dear mother-in-law finally went back to England last night. And I also need to put some time aside to pray for Jesus with Easter fast approaching. The mother-in-law, well, I'm sure you're interested to hear about how that went. She's a good egg and had a great time, though like last time she visited, her trip this time wasn't without drama. First, let me tell you, the last time she visited in the year PC, pre-COVID, she spent half of her trip seriously ill. And I did exactly what she did for my son Sam when he suffered horrific burns as a one-year-old. I prayed for her recovery. Uh, When it turns out, I actually should have rung an ambulance for her. You live and learn. Well, this time... She got COVID. After avoiding it for two plus years, living in one of the world's hotbeds for the disease, England, the poor woman visited Australia and copped it when she attended a super spreader event down in the lovely Sutherland Shire. Thankfully, she was only sick for about a day and a half, and uh, it didn't impact her too much at all. Quite resilient she was, but uh, rest assured, it certainly didn't affect her ability to talk and talk (laughs) and keep on talking. You might recall that my niece and her girlfriend were married last week. Uh, We arrived at the beautiful location at Sydney's Mossman on the harbour in torrential rain, but nothing was going to dampen this event. We all did rapid antigen tests prior to the ceremony, and if you'd asked me to select from the 50 or 60 guests the person least likely to test positive to COVID, it would have been my little brother Johnny. Uh, So, of course, it was him who did test positive (laughs) The poor little bugger left immediately despite uh, my pleading with him and his wife to stay and watch the ceremony through a window like a couple of disease-ridden peeping toms. And uh, just prior to doing the test, he'd said to us all, imagine being the one who tests positive and had to do the walk of shame. Poor little fella. Of all the people I know, my brother and his family have been the most cautious Uh, during the pandemic, but once a kid starts school, like their youngest just did, 
There's fuck all you can do to protect yourself from the petri dish of illnesses on offer amongst the little vermin. Uh, Although he missed the wedding, there's always a silver lining. It's important to look at the positives. And in this case, that was that my brother was able to drive my car to my nephew's place, saving me an expensive return Uber to Mosman the following morning. So all is well that ends well. The wedding was brilliant, possibly the most I've ever enjoyed one. Two brides is a brilliant idea for a wedding, better looking all round, and also because weddings are never really about the men anyway. And my niece and her now wife looked as beautiful as any two women I've seen. I've been to weddings where we sat around making bets about how long the union will last and weddings where you know it's a good one. And this one was one of the latter. One of the highlights for me was finally getting to explain a situation that had occurred 15 years prior when my sister's two kids, my niece and nephew, were teenagers. It's the only time I can think of that my niece and I ever came close to having a little bit of a falling out. My best mate Kenny and I, who my niece and nephew used to call Arnie Kenny, Uh, We did spend an inordinate amount of time together back in those days. Uh, But he and I spent a year living with uh, his wife, Allie, in Huskisson at Jarvis Bay when Tiggy and Jack, my niece and nephew, were about 14 and 16. My sister, Kel, brought the two of them down to stay with us and we were sat around a fire sharing a few drinks, or the adults were, when Kenny thought it would be a good idea to roll a joint, which he did. And uh, he then thought it would be a good idea for us to smoke it, which we did. Now, it turns out that my niece didn't think it was such a good idea. Upon returning to Canberra, she let her feelings be known, messaging me to say that what we did was very irresponsible, particularly around someone like my nephew, who was younger and apparently looked up to me, and he was at a highly impressionable age. It went on for quite a bit, did this email. Look, and I considered her criticism for a while and decided that I'd just cop it on the chin. I didn't reply. Because the only other option was to tell the truth, and it was my nephew who taught us how to roll a joint in the first place. Another highlight of the wedding for me was a man in his 50s, not me, striking up a conversation with a younger woman and asking her when she was due. And good on her, she politely explained that she'd actually had a baby six months ago. When will fucking men learn? I wouldn't ask a woman when she was due if I could see the baby's head crowning. Jesus Christ. Uh, Also a special mention to the Misso, who after the two brides was easily the next hottest chick in the joint. She looked even better than me. And still, somehow, the Woodland family of four remains COVID free. This is despite Lou doing more tests than a year 12 student of late in a bid to test positive and get a week off work. And only this morning, uh, one of my mates who popped around for a few beers on Sunday night and we shared a joint, he's tested positive. And somehow, I'm still immune. If I'd been asked to guess what hobbies the recently retired tennis champ Ash Barty might have picked up following her shock exit from the sport, I would have gone with maybe women's cricket, AFLW, travelling, I don't know, golf. Actually, almost any hobby, but not the one that was announced last week. Yes, Ash Barty, like so many other multi-talented individuals before her, is going to become a children's author. It's astonishing how often being really good at sport automatically transfers to having an ability to write bestsellers too. Uh, To think that if all those people who are really, really good writers yet remained unpublished despite years and years of honing their craft and copying rejection after rejection, had only been good at football, tennis, basketball, 
I mean, what are the odds that Paddy Mills, Tim Cale, and now Ash Barty, among many others, could be such good writers that they receive publishing deals before having even written a single fucking book? The talent of these people knows no bounds. Some children's authors are so good, they don't even bother writing their own books. I know of one who pays someone else about $5,000 to write each and every one of his multitude of bestsellers. Isn't that heartwarming to hear? Almost as heartwarming as that some people even get others to paint their paintings. Let's hope Ash Barty can write. Well, if she can't, maybe she could become a painter. Or if she can't write very well, I'm sure someone else will help her craft her words so thousands of children can be inspired by her story. Jesus Christ. Rightio, today I'd like to share with you a synopsis of perhaps the most joyous hobby that's ever been a part of my life. Trumping my all-time favourites of BMX bike riding, shooting and fishing when in my youth to football, drinking, smoking and gambling in my 20s, all the way up to my current day favourites of scratching Range Rovers and egging real estate agent shop fronts. Yes, I'm talking about Fart Group, a hobby that can only bring happiness and enormous amounts of laughter to its participants. Only this morning I was going back through our back catalogue of what is now an impressive 4,000 plus farts and I ended up in tears after about 30 seconds. The only thing that makes me laugh as much when I'm on my own is when I pick up a copy of the uh, Profanosaurus that Luke Heggie gave me for my 50th birthday. I can open a page at random in that book and end up crying in laughter within a minute every single time. Uh, it was a few years ago that we formed our fart group. It's a WhatsApp group titled Dutch Oven Helpline. Uh, there's four members in the group. I tried to get my big my mate Big Nuts to join as he resides comfortably in the top two farters I've known in my lifetime, but so far to no avail. The, uh, the three other group members will remain nameless. Suffice to say that they are all comedians. Unlike me, though, they have reputation, talent, fans girlfriends and or wives who don't know they're in a fart group. You could probably guess who one of the participants is if you really tried. Cheek flappers don't always receive the credit they deserve in the marital bed, though because I'm in an honest, trusting relationship, I've explained to Lou on numerous occasion occasions that it's actually because of my love for her that I record my farts while we're in bed together. If I was a seedy prick, I wouldn't even fart in front of her. Uh, you know those men who, when you're in a group of blokes, they act all normal, and then the second a woman walks into the room, their behaviour changes. Chair sniffers, not to be trusted, those blokes. As things stand, there are several of my farts where you can hear Lou in the background venting her disgust while I giggle like a child. Look, I don't mind if you think the concept of being what is essentially a musical quartet is weird. Uh, it's not for everyone, and feel free to judge me, because I truly couldn't give a fuck. And just a forewarning, there will be some examples of our best work played later on in the episode. Nevertheless, if you think being in a fart group is weird, I'd like you to consider this. The most well-known member of the group, he's pretty much famous now, he's done numerous television shows, even on the commercial channels that people watch. He's on breakfast radio, he sells out big theatres. A founding member of the fart group. Well... Cop this, he doesn't even contribute. That's right, he doesn't even send farts to the group. He just listens to us other three members and the farts that we provide. He's like the tambourine player you see in a band, you think, what the fuck is he doing up on stage with all those talented people? 
to be fair, he did send one fart to the group, but it wasn't much chop. Uh, this member, he's our Ringo star. You might know the Beatles used to let Ringo sing a song on each album just to keep him happy. But like our mate, he was basically just making up the numbers. Undoubtedly, you're desperate to know how a fart group works. So when the chicken skin, baked beans, Brussels sprouts, or whatever your preferred meal is suitably fermented, uh, and you feel one coming, you, you activate the voice memos app on your phone, place it near your rusty sheriff's badge, and drop your guts. Obviously, it's important to rectify any dramas. The less experienced you are, the more likely you are to shard or have a curious turtle poke its head out for a look. The worst-case scenario, of course, is the anchor dropping without the order from the captain. But when everything is order, in, when everything is in order, you simply just send your fog slicer to the group. Take it from me, people. Fart group is the only good part of my life. If everyone was in a fart group, we wouldn't need Are You OK Day. It is impossible to be sad when listening to a ghost turd. Uh, better still, the stench is a non-issue so far as the recipients are concerned, although my wife may beg to differ. Look, I'm, I'm not proud of much I've achieved in my life. I've got the ducks in my primary school and... Things went downhill fairly rapidly from that point on. That is, until the other night when I finally achieved something that I was immensely proud of. I recorded a majestic rectal tremor, several seconds duration. It possessed good, albeit unusual, tonal fluctuations and culminated with a lovely tapered squeak at the end. A virtuoso performance, if I do say so myself. I immediately forward forwarded this sonic masterpiece to the group and expected to receive high praise from my fellow band members in return. Uh, when none was forthcoming, well, you can imagine my displeasure. So I opened WhatsApp to vent my disgust and um, that's when I realised my mistake. In my haste to distribute the feeded air biscuit at two in the morning, I didn't bother to put on my reading glasses, so neglected to see that I'd received a message after last sending a rim rocket to the group before hitting the fart sack. In between my sending the pre-bed fart and waking at two to submit the ripper I mentioned earlier, unbeknownst to me, I'd received a message from someone else. Unfortunately, this one came from the hottest mum at the kids' school. Her message was of the more convivial nature, you might say. It was an invitation for my son to attend her son's eighth birthday party. And in reply, she received a fart. To be fair... A very fucking good one, but fight nonetheless. Uh, as you can imagine, my anxiety was immense. I began concocting potential excuses, thinking I could blame the kids or even my wife. And had I not uttered, how's that for genius at the fart's end, I may have been able to get away with it. I spent a good couple of hours absolutely shitting myself. So I'm sure you can imagine my surprise when at 10 o'clock that morning, this woman sent me one back. And holy fuck, I thought mine was a good one. This was a fart that could tear your teeth out, a fucking ball terror, bring a tear to a glass eye. Anyway, so I'm now incredibly in two fart groups. It was quite stressful at first. I felt like I was cheating on Lou. Turning up to the school the next day, I was bricking it. I liked this woman's husband and was worried she might have told him, but I was pretty relieved when he didn't appear to know what had transpired the evening before, so I just made small talk. And I had to ask him what he'd had for dinner the night before, and he uh, said it was just pasta. Bullshit, I thought. There was definitely some softened legumes in your last meal. Uh, 
Anyway, join a fart group, people. A magnificent way to stay connected to friends and loved ones, you know, during a pandemic or any time for that matter. And it's an inclusive hobby. In fact, women are at an advantage having two options. You can play guess which hole. Get involved in one of the most truly joyous hobbies I've ever had. Only yesterday morning before she left, my mother-in-law on her last day, she... I'd awoken to a fart, having been sent at four in the morning by a comedian who's currently in Melbourne at the Comedy Festival. I was in the kitchen and, and pressed play. Uh, now, we got my son this little Alexa thing for his birthday so he can listen to music. And uh, my phone automatically connected to it when I entered the room, and this fart <laughs> blasted the living area in front of the kids and the mother-in-law. An incident made all the more impressive because it was accompanied by the message, can't, at the end. Cunts. <laughs> the mother-in-law pretended not to hear either that or she might have been talking at the time. But my young bloke Sam heard and he thought it was the funniest thing. Good sense of humour, that kid. In fact, my kids have become such keen connoisseurs of fart group that they can tell whose fart it is when it gets sent. Uh, now I'm at peace with this hobby. Another good thing is just to randomly send one to someone on your phone list without explanation. Fucking brilliant. Uh, possibly the last hobby I ever participated in that made me laugh as much was during my football days. We used to play on Sundays usually, which uh, meant that we had to find a way to occupy, occupy ourselves on Saturdays without drinking, something none of us were very good at. So one day, there was about eight of us around at Big Nuts' this place watching the footy when I decided to light a fart. Another thing it's impossible not to laugh at. Uh, before long, all eight of us were into it. We treated it like a game of footy. The rules were that if you got a blue flame, you scored a goal, and if there was no flame accompanying the fart, it was just a behind. I started off quite well. I think I had about eight goals to uh, one behind at one point, uh, but was soon overtaken by the infinitely more skilled Big Nuts and another bloke, Reese, who is one of those hyper-competitive blokes. He was so competitive that he would lay on the floor and punch himself in the stomach trying to brew them up. And after that, a few of us made a trip to the shops to purchase baked beans, barbecue chickens and chewing gum. And uh, by the end of the game, good old Reese had scored about 37 goals eight to my 16-10. And I think Big Nuts was around the 25-goal mark. Incredible stuff. Very funny. Highly recommend it. It's Victim of the Week. Yes, this week it's all of us. ScoMo announced a uh, election a couple of days ago here in Australia. We got a vote on the 21st of May, which is six weeks of having to listen to even more lies than usual and thick-skinned fuckwits that you'd punch in the head if you went to school with talk and talk and talk and try and belittle each other and pretend they're people who actually give a fuck. Not to mention the complete and utter bullshit that'll come out of the mouths of the likes of Craig Kelly, Pauline Hanson and Clive Palmer. Fuck me dead, it's a shallow, shallow gene pool, people. Okay, thanks for your company again, people. As promised, a short episode today. Hope you enjoyed it and you enjoy the uh, the other offerings that will come after this, <laughs> which are truly magnificent. All right, I'll be emceeing this week at the Sydney Comedy Store. Uh, should be a good one over Easter in between prayers. 
and my tickets are on sale for my Sydney Comedy Festival show doing my own research and the posters and social media has all been done by my good mate Steph. Check that out as well and share it around and try and help me sell this fucker out. I'd like to dedicate this episode to three of my friends, Luke Heggie, Nick Cody and Cam Knight. Very good friends of mine. And uh, now's your trigger warning. What I'm about to play for you for the next minute or two is a collection of some of the best farts you'll ever hear. And even the, uh, the shit ones are in there. We don't discriminate. Anything is worth a laugh. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from your hobby. Here's shit. Thanks for lending me your ears for another episode. All going well, I'll be back next week with current news and some harsh but fair critiques of more shit hobbies. You know where to find the podcast. Please subscribe to and share it. Or don't. I'll be okay. You can find Your Hobby is Shit on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Your feedback, suggestions and abuse are all greatly appreciated. And if you're, for example, the manufacturer of a great beer like, say, the Immortal Pale Ale and you're looking to sponsor an enlightening podcast, I'm open to offers. Thanks again. I'm Sean Woodland, the host, writer, producer, editor and complaints handler at Your Hobby is Shit.